Hey everyone, welcome to the first ever episode of Thought Train. Today I'm joined by my good friends Masai, Iwilika, Sharia, Liv, Izzy, and a quick appearance from Rennie. This episode is going to be part one of a two-part series where we talk about all the events going on surrounding the Black Lives Matter protests and how it's impacting our lives today as teenage people of color in America. Okay, so what I usually do when I'm starting out my podcast is that I have all my guests say their names and then say a fun fact about themselves. So, um, Sharia, you start. Um, all right, so I'm Sharia. Um, I've been going to camp for 10 years now, so that's where I met Madison. I don't know where you go by. I always call her Hawkins. Um, and a fun fact, I don't know, I graduated high school uh, yesterday, so... We're done. We're done. Hi, everyone. My name is Iwilika. Oh, what else do we do? Um, <laughs> say your name and then a fun fact about yourself. Oh, okay. My name is Iwilika, and a fun fact about myself is I got two concussions. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, I'm Liv, and a fun fact... I did gymnastics for seven years before I gave up on sports, so. Hey. <laughs> I'm Sai. Fun fact about myself, I've known Liv since I was like six, five, six, six. Yeah, she followed me to high school. All right. No, I didn't. <laughs> Hi, I'm Izzy. And a fun fact about myself is I've been to 52 countries. Well, you know, today we're going to be here talking about the recent events that have taken place around us, and I wanted to start off just by checking in, seeing how everyone's doing, how everyone's dealing with what's going on. Personally, I'm scared, but I mean, it is what it is, tired mentally, because it's just, like, just seeing everything come out, like, I personally hate Donald Trump, but having him in office now... It's kind of, I wouldn't say a good thing, but he's allowed all the, like, closeted racist people who work for him to actually come out. So now, like, we know who the real enemy is. Because before he really started speaking on these situations, you know, the people in his, uh, who were backing him, they were quiet. They didn't say anything with it in regards to race. But now with everything going on, you know who the people are who are actually opposed to, you know, what's going on and actually want to justify George Floyd's death. So now being able to see, you know, everyone who's very uneducated and very ignorant is being a good is now seen as kind of a good thing because you know who to attack now and just thinking about that and kind of wondering how, like, just thinking about how we need to have, like, our own militias because, you know, white people, they love to praise the Second Amendment and love to you know, you can't gun rights. Woo. And it's like, you know, everybody at this point, like the Panthers were what that was for. And we need something like that to come back because, I, like, they was afraid. When the Panthers were there, they were scared out of their damn mind. They didn't, they didn't want nothing, nothing to do with us. When they were trolling around, carrying them AR-15s, watching the cops do what they do, that, that stuff wasn't going down like it is now. So I think having our own militias, like the Panthers or, you know, Having, you know, local gangs kind of, like, just look at the police when they're doing certain things, I feel like that would completely change everything because 
the whole thing is they love, you know, to they want us to peacefully protest and they want us to protest how they want us to protest. They're not really focused on us being able to, you know, speak our minds. Like they love to talk about, oh yeah, First Amendment, freedom of speech. But when you're talking about things that they don't like, they love to try and silence you. So that's kind of just what's been going on in my head. Well, I add on to what um, Masai said about those, like, undercover racists. Like, I always think that's interesting because, of course, there's going to be people that are always outwardly racist, not say derogatory words and, and other hateful things. But, um, yeah, it's just interesting seeing, like, ignorant people online because it's like those people are living with you and I just are, are like, living around you. Um, and I just, like... I always find it interesting because I know that people like want to make this a political issue, but this is a human rights issue. And I think that's the whole thing with Donald Trump. Like you can support Donald Trump and you can have your opinions on him, but like you can't not support human rights. Like you have to support lives. And that's like something that I've been thinking about a lot. Um, I mean, right now, just this entire week, I've just been tired mentally. And whenever I'm tired mentally, it just, you know, if your if your mind is messed up, then the rest of your body is too. So, like, just going through this week, it was hard. Um, I eventually logged out of Instagram because I realized that was the main source of me being tired mentally. Because I'm, like, it was, it was just really hard. Um... Uh, Right now, I just, I don't know. It's still, like, weighing, like, I'm just tired of arguing. Like, I'm tired of having to tell, like, I'm I'm tired of having to, like, listen to people say, oh, stupid, like, stupid comments such as, like, just stupid and ignorant comments, like, talking about, like, oh, why are we protesting? Oh, like, why are people protesting? Oh, they're just looting. Oh, they're just being dangerous. And just things like that. And it's just, like, I'm just tired of having to, like, this is all systemic. And I don't understand why people just don't understand why this is all systemic. Like, it's through history like i don't it's just it's so annoying to having to like to, to argue all the time it's just annoying and tiring and i'm just sick of it but yeah i'm just like i'm trying to get better and trying to like, put myself in a bubble like of myself so i can like be better but it's just i'm just tired go next i guess um i've just been very uneasy for the past few weeks a little overwhelmed by everything that's been going on because there's like a lot has happened in like two weeks two three weeks um kind of going off of what you said i'm tired of going on instagram and then just seeing like all these people saying like oh well it was just one guy so what's the what's the issue like why is everyone so angry or um you know if, if if black people just stopped acting out like that and this wouldn't have even happened and it's just like I'm tired of having to explain to them, like, that literally, like, what they're saying is, like, part, like, part of the reason why we are even having this whole movement is because, like, ignorant, like, racist people like that, and I'm just kind of tired of seeing that all over Instagram and social media, and even though there was a lot of support and there are a lot of, like, I've seen a lot more people um, using their voice and kind of speaking up. Um, and speaking out against the injustices that have been going on, but I've also just been seeing a lot of people showing their true colors, um, which I guess is a is a good thing because I know who not to have in my life anymore. 
Um, so I don't want to have people with those negative views in my life. Like I'm always for people who don't who have opinions different than mine, but opinions who are blatantly um, inappropriate or um, borderline racist like that. I I can't have people like that in my life. Um, but I've just been very overwhelmed. Kind of I'm tired of continuing to argue with people over the same things and. Um, I hope something good comes out of all of this. Like, I'm really, really hoping that this time something good comes out of it. But just, I'm kind of nervous with, um, with Trump sending out the National Guard. Like, it's just, it's getting really scary a little bit. Can I add something? Yeah. Um, I just want to talk about performance activism a bit because I think some people touched on why Instagram is tiring and for those reasons like people completely just missing the point of the protests but I think also um, I've been annoyed seeing all this performance activism especially by white people at our school because I just I know I'm thinking of specific people in my mind I won't say their names um, but that I've never had a conversation with race about ever and they've never brought it up either Um, and all of a sudden they're like posting on their stories or um, like posting the black screen on their Instagram on Blackout Tuesday. And I hate it because it's like, I've literally never talked to you about this. Like you literally never cared about my experience. You've never bothered to ask me about it. You're not involved in any of the diversity, equity and inclusion work at school. So don't make this a trend, like stop acting like you care because I know you don't. And maybe you're trying to care, but like until you come to me and start talking to me about these issues, like I'm not going to see it that way. I'm just going to see you pretending to post stuff to make it look like you care. So you get your like woke points or whatever. Yeah, I have another point on that, too. Like just social media in general, like I like part of the reason why I really like had to log out of Instagram was just like, it just really made okay there was a sense of like activism yes but it was like a lot of conspiracy theories going on it was just like okay like i understand it's conspiracy theories but at the same time if you're doing this to it like if you're just posting all this stuff like to a person who's like already just immensely drained and then like on top of that you're just you're posting stuff like oh the government's gonna do this or oh, the government's sending this out or this government's sending out okay like all this stuff like obviously i'm gonna be like so stressed out i guess it's just like it's just it's 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 like fake activism but at the same time like understand what you're posting half the time like people actually i know some people actually go to the actually go to social media to see like oh what's uh, what's the update what's going on but like just i don't know people just need to like figure out what they're gonna post like just just don't post like stupid stuff because i'm telling you like the one reason why i really like logged out was because this one girl or not one girl there's two people they posted i live in west philly and like they posted this post where it was like um mind you like my mind i was not in a great mindset so like they posted this post and it was like um like uh it was like it was like oh the government is like people who live in west philly like get the fuck out like um like the government is gonna bomb like it's gonna gas bomb um the west philly and like it like it's just i'm telling you to a person who's like whose mindset is not in the best mood like it's not it's not in the best like situation and on top of that like I tried to doubt it, but I couldn't doubt it because the government had done that before. Like, the move bomb, like, 
it, it was just it was hard it was really hard and so i had like a panic attack because i was like fuck like what if they bombed like it was just a lot and so i just people just need to figure out what the fuck they're posting and figure out if it's real or fake like it was obviously fake but like in a, like in the mindset that i was like at that time it was completely real to me so um touching on that um I think this might have been on Saturday when the first protest in Philly happened. Um, people in my neighborhood were like going around saying, oh, we're gonna bomb the 15th, uh, which is right next to my house. Like I can go outside of my house and see the police station. Um, and I remember I was on, I was actually on FaceTime with Sharia and a few of my other friends. And I like, I like was panicking. I was freaking out. Cause my neighbors were like calling my grandma um, and they were like, they're gonna bomb the police station, like, and like just going off all this stuff. And they're like, people are gonna come down our street and they're gonna be like crazy and like they're gonna be coming into our houses. And I was like, hold on, where are you getting this information from? And my my neighbors are, um, I don't really know how to explain my neighbors. Uh, I don't really enjoy being around. Like, we're not around them very often. Uh, like, I guess I. The best way I can explain my neighbor is she said to my grandma, what's the big deal over one guy? So that's kind of her mentality on this whole situation. Um, so I don't know. And I think part of like that, like the whole part of like the bombing the 15th, that freaked me out. I didn't, I knew people weren't going to come into houses because she over exaggerates everything. But I was, I heard from both of my neighbors that some people were walking around with signs um, threatening to bomb the police station, and I was like, well, what's gonna happen if they bomb it? And I, like, I didn't sleep that night, because I was like, like, where do they, where do they get this information from? And, like, I don't know, I just got very, very scared. I mean, I think, like, another point that we need to touch on is, like, in regards to peaceful protest is, like, I think another thing that people fail to understand is that most of the time that it's not the protesters inciting any violence, within like everything going on it's mostly the cops and like you like y'all are touching on um performance uh activism as soon as the cameras is on cameras is on the cops is kneeling with us they holding the fist up cameras on cops ain't doing nothing but as soon as cameras is off they tear gassing people left and right they hit people with times and things like that and i feel like people fail to understand that the cops incite most of this violence first most of like everything starts off very peaceful like when i was at the protest uh saturday taking pictures like no problem nothing as soon as the cops start pulling up they started to incite the violence and nothing was really going on people was not like not confrontational or anything like that but like the fact that the cops feel like they can just tear gas people left and right without actual motive and one thing that other uneducated people don't know is that tear gas is literally like banned in war like in regards to war you can't use tear gas but you can use it on your own citizens like, that's, I don't understand that. Like, you got people like Donald Trump, absolute clown, joker, who tear gas his own citizens so he can hold up a um, Bible in front of a church. And then you got the news, the news talking about, oh, no, they didn't tear gas. When you got multiple eyewitnesses, you got videos showing how there were tear gas and protesters who was in front of the church. All that just for a photo shoot? Like, I don't, I personally don't understand it. It's, it, like, I mean, he's a fucking joke. It's, it's the truth, but it is what it is at this point. Like, I think they love to kind of just tell us how to do things instead of kind of, like, rising with us and 
really understanding things from our point of view. They love to kind of just, they love to stay in their little cul-de-sacs and really think, you know, oh, this has nothing to do with us. It's not us. They're like, oh, not all police are bad. But if you let the bad police keep being bad and you're a good cop and you're not standing up for what's right, then you with them. If you're not going to speak up on real actions and what they're doing, and what's the point of being a cop? And then we got to educate them because the co- I think, like, the training is maybe, like, six months. They don't have to do any, you know, it has nothing to do with psychology. They don't have to do anything with communication. They don't have to talk, you know, socially. Most police have zero to no, com- like, form of communication. They know, they don't know how to communicate with you. And that's, like, what what like needs to be instituted into these like police programs they don't have any like sort of um policies in regards to learning actually having a degree like my dad had to, in order for him to get his master's he had to take a psychology class and actually you know be able to communicate with younger children who may be going through that situations in life but the cops don't need to do that they don't have to get any sort of like or form of degree most of them don't even go to college most of them don't go to college so most of them is right out of high school and don't really care. And when me and my older brothers and my dad were from the podcast, he was talking about how most of them during like these courses, they don't pay attention in those six month courses. They're like, you know, oh, let me just get my badge and, you know, you know, act upon it instead of actually like actually taking the time to learn these things and actually trying to understand where people come from. Cause most of the time, they don't know, like, uh, there was, I can't remember when this was, but there's a young black boy who was autistic who, you know, they were drawing their guns at all because they didn't understand how to communicate. Like, you need to understand that when most black people are pulled over, they heart sinks. I know, like, when I was pulled over recently, my heart absolutely dropped. I was scared out of my damn mind. I was horrified. And kind of people, are, and one thing that we also need to understand, it's not just white cops, too. You got terrible black cops out here as well. I know, I, I, like, when I was pulled over, I had one. He was terrible. I didn't, like, he was like, oh, this seems like a DUI. I'm like, okay, I drove through a yellow light. And then they don't actually talk. They don't tell you what you're getting pulled over for. They don't tell you what's going on. They never really tried to actually make you feel comfortable. And the whole thing with the police is to protect and serve, but that's not what they do. Can I speak or like, or does anyone else want to say anything? No, all right. Um, I, I think like, I saw it might have been Twitter. We love Twitter, but um, there was something. Someone made a really good point. Cops kneeling is like an abusive boyfriend giving you flowers after they beat the sh- the complete shit out of you. You know what I'm saying? Like, because they're abusing their power, right? And. I guess for now I can say not all cops, but the system has people who abuse their power. And then for a photo op, they kneel. And then once the cameras go away, just like he said, it's back to it's back to bashing people. It's back to killing them. It's back to like all this stuff. And it's like and I think it was like someone like my mom or someone, she had sent me like a thing and said, oh, like it was hopeful for uh, cops to be kneeling with us but i was like you know like they took out their guns and shot rubber bullets in a kneeled stance after the cameras went away so it's like if you if you weren't willing to risk it when no cameras were there why are you willing to risk it um at another point you know what i'm saying 
So I think that's like all I can add. And personally for this whole situation, I've been thinking back to a year ago with the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, kneeling, peaceful protest, not hurting anyone. And now, you know, every people are mad. This has turned into, again, most of the protesters are peaceful, but the way outsiders think of it, they're begging us to go back to a peaceful protest, asking us, why are we getting violent? They would understand if it was peaceful. Last year, or most of the time, they don't even accept peaceful protests. And now suddenly when things turn violent, they're like, oh no, peaceful protest is great when they never supported it in the first place. And I think that's so crazy that they're able to switch so quickly because things got bad for them suddenly. Um, I completely agree with that. And I've actually seen um, a post, I forget who wrote it, but it was from someone who um, criticized Colin Kaepernick last year or when he was kneeling. And they were like, in this year, they were like, um, they like apologized. And they said, I now see... Um, what you were trying to do, I was, and they were like, I was too, like, caught up in what I thought, and I didn't really try to sit and think of why you're protesting, um, and I just wanted to apologize, and I thought, like, yeah, you're apologizing now, but, I mean, it's nice you're apologizing, but you're, like, too late at this point, like, we've been trying peaceful protests for years, and nothing has happened, like, nothing has changed, and, um, like, like nothing is changing. So it's like, at this point, the only way for us to really be heard is by being violent. And I don't necessarily agree with everything going on, but at the same time, like, I'm thinking to myself, we were peaceful for years. We tried. We tried marches. We tried everything, and nothing works. And now, like, we're doing what we can. Like, our people are dying. Like, this isn't a matter of, oh, my property is destroyed. Like, no, well, yeah, pe people's lives are being lost. So what's more important? Um, and also touching on what Masai said about the media, like the media is only reporting the violence going on. Um, I know that on Saturday, the protest started at 12. Um, and I didn't hear anything from the media until like five or six when it started getting violent. I didn't, there was nothing reported on the news about a peaceful protest in Philly until it started getting violent. So, and I've also seen like a bunch of posts where people were like, oh, well, the media is in favor of the protesters. Is it? Because they're not showing the peaceful protest too. They're only showing the side that they want, they, that, that they want to present, that, that Trump wants to present. Like trying to paint protesters in a bad light, trying to paint this entire protest in a bad light. Like protesters were out there since 12 protesting peacefully and it didn't get violent until five, five or six. So it's like, uh, it's like it's getting on my that's getting on my nerves too or all of the violence that police officers are doing against peaceful protesters like um i've seen so many videos of police officers just grabbing people and smacking them to the ground or running over them with horses i saw one video and it's like it's that's not being covered either and i see a lot of defenses in the comments that are like oh well police are just scared because everybody hates them right now like okay well doesn't it tell you something that police officers um, when they're scared, their first thing to do is hit someone. Like, that's their first instinct to do when they're scared. Like, that's what they're trained to do. Like, that's the problem right there. And people just don't even see it. Like, 
if they're scared and their first instinct is to grab someone and to hit them or to shoot rubber bullets on them or to tear gas them when they're when they have their hands up peaceful protesters have their hands up on their knees and what does that tell you like people really just I'm, I'm like amazed at how people don't understand still it's like amazing to me yeah to like touch back on like the whole um peaceful protest thing like my thing is i saw a post i feel like everyone else saw it too but like i saw a post on um i think it was twitter and i I saw basically it was basically saying like someone someone had said um martin luther king would not be happy with what you guys are doing right now and then someone else said uh, like uh, someone else commented they're like well martin luther king is dead now so like y'all killed him so wait did y'all did everyone get that yeah okay um where i was so i was like yeah it basically shows that we try we tried pro we tried peaceful y'all didn't do anything and once we like once we start like you know being violent and like we're still being peaceful but at the same time there are some people who are literally who are being violent too but you know they're angry too like when things like this start happening you guys are mad and you guys want to go back to oh let's be pro let's be peaceful let's be when we're peaceful you guys don't listen to us you guys want to kill people you guys want to kill us so like either way we're still gonna have to show we're still gonna have to basically we're still gonna this is this is what happens when you don't listen to people who are peaceful but like when you don't actually listen to people for who they are and rather just assuming like assuming that uh just having a this is what happens when you're ignorant basically yeah so as we're on the topic of protests and everything like that, um, I just want to take like a few minutes to explain what the Black Lives Matter movement is, um, because I still see a lot of people on online not understanding what the Black Lives Matter movement is because, you know, seeing the whole all lives matter, I had a conversation with a kid who said, why isn't there a white lives matter movement, which very much got on my nerves, but I explained to him um, what the Black Lives Matter movement was. Um, And it just seems like a lot of people just take Black Lives Matter and then just try to try to make it into what they what they think instead of actually researching and looking into it. So if someone wants to explain like what the Black Lives Matter movement is, and then I also have a piece from Rennie um, who she texted me her answer um, and that she wanted to share. Uh, So if someone wants to explain what the Black Lives Matter movement is, and then I'll, I'll read what Rennie had to say. So I, the reason why I am not going to answer that question, I'm not black. So I personally did not want to say the answer for the movement because I feel as if that's not my space. I'm not saying I don't stand for it. You know that I do. Um, I just don't want to answer that question in respect of those who uh, either have experienced it or just kind of live through it through their daily lives. Does that make sense? So if I don't like say anything most of the time, it's pretty much because I just want to give that space to those who might um, experience it differently. Um, what I remember from what the Black Lives Matter movement is, is basically it was a movement. It's a movement started by three black women, um, basically to give justice, freedom, and um forgot what it was justice freedom and there's another word and i think uh peace 
justice, freedom, and healing uh, to Black people, uh, not even in the United States, but across the entire world. Um, but it was it was started in the United States, and it was basically, yeah, it's basically to bring justice, freedom, and healing to Black people. Um, I'm going to read what Rennie said, and it also has to do with a conversation that I also want to move into, which is... Um, the All Lives Matter movement um, and how that's negative towards the Black Lives Matter movement and how it takes away. Um, But first, let me just... Um, She says, I believe that the All Lives Matter is just a distraction from the problem at hand. If there's a row of houses and one's house is burning, you're going to put out that fire before focusing on the other houses first, right? It's the same concept. My people have been oppressed for over 400 years by the police and white people. Everywhere we go, our race is looked at like a disease Like, we're not worthy of having the same opportunities as a white person. In my opinion, the riots didn't bother me. I disagree with messing up minority communities, but I think the riots were necessary to get the bare minimum of of charging four police officers. My people have the right to decide to mess up land that they built for free. In times like this, we don't need pity. If you have white privilege, use it. And don't confuse that with being a white savior. The people who, who are blessed with not having to worry about their skin color need to use their skin color to protect the oppressed. Whether it's protesting or standing between a cop and a black person, do something. With all this being said, I've seen a lot of beautiful things happen and I don't mean to be all negative. I've seen new people organizing protests, black men praising black women, cops kneeling. This has brought most people together and even though it shouldn't have taken this long, I'm glad to finally see a change. That was so well said. Mm And I agree, um, especially I wanted to focus on the part um, where she um, used the analogy of the four houses burning. Um, A lot of what I've seen, at least on the internet, I've explained over and over again, that Black Lives Matter isn't saying black people want to be better than everybody else. Nobody said that. And if you actually looked into it, and if you actually knew what you were talking about, you would know that we just want equality. We don't want... No one wants to be superior. We just want to even the playing field. Um, One that I heard that was, um, I heard it off of a TikTok, but it was actually like a pretty good analogy. And it was like, if we were both in the same restaurant at the same time, and I got a heart attack at the same time that you broke your arm, who would get medical attention first? And it's like, I would, because my pain is more severe. But that's not saying that your pain isn't pain. And that's not saying that you're not allowed to hurt but it's just right now, my pain needs the most attention because my pain is the most life-threatening, which I thought was like a really good way of phrasing it. Um, because the Black Lives Matter movement isn't saying that um, Black lives want equality, that um, Black people are the only races that struggle. That's, that's not, like, it's just, we are in a lot more trouble than other races at the moment. Like we are being killed by the people who are supposed to protect and serve us, you know, or like protect and serve the country. Um, and they're not. And the fact that um, black people are, can be scared around police officers who are supposed to be there for us. Like I know that the other weekend, last weekend, I was riding my bike through my neighborhood and I saw two cop cars and I got scared because I was like, First of all, there's been cops all over my neighborhood because, like I said, the 15th district is right next to my house, and they've really been um, patrolling my neighborhood recently, and I was scared because I wasn't wearing a helmet on my bike, so I was like, cops are on edge right now, Um, 
I'm I'm black like what if they I, I got scared I started overthinking I, and I shouldn't have done that like I shouldn't have been scared seeing a police car you know what I mean like that's like that shouldn't be a thing at all I want to like talk about how and this stuff is literally like built from the ground up in regards to racial injustice so let's let's think you know when slaves were released you got a bunch of white people like oh we're not going to give them any jobs i don't know how they're going to feed each other about two four million black people free from slavery no jobs they ain't going to get hired try to go and get food you got to steal food and you know what they're going to do get you know police they're going to start you know building these groups to arrest and you know take black people and punish them and then you know those punishments are like huge for you know taking i don't know like a slice of bread it'd be like 10 years in prison or something like that and it's literally like like what i don't understand is how people really don't understand how they how they profit and you know have advantages in america it's like America is is also built on violence. It's built on violence. You can't tell me it isn't. You know what they did? You know what they did when they came over here? Kill Native Americans, take their land, and yeah. Speaking of take, like you can't. Americans can't hate looting when they looted America first. They came here and took all the Native people land. They came to Africa, took African people. They love to, you know, talk about how, oh, looting is bad, stealing is bad, violence is bad. When America is built on every single one of those things. If America wants something, you know they gonna, how they going to do it? Violently. You, they want oil over in the Middle East? What you going to do? Send them. Send the army over there. Send whoever over there. Do it violently. America has been built on violence. And what I don't understand is how people can really say, oh, I hate all the violence going on. I hate all the violence going on. When that's what America is built upon. There won't be a time in America's history where violence isn't presented in any form. You got wars left and right all over the country where America's sending people to kill innocent people in these foreign countries. Yeah, even if they're trying to fight these these horrible gangs, you know, these horrible groups of people are trying to, you know, kill innocent people. America's still going over there into foreign countries doing the same thing that they love to praise and talk about hating doing here. Was, it's like it's so like it's so hypocritical in terms of how you know certain people respond to this like the uh, lady Laura Ingram she's a clown too she loved like she loved to talk about Colin Kaepernick and how oh he's dis- he's being disrespectful to the flag all over a damn magic sky claw magic sky claw what the fuck is that the magic sky song too a magic song what is that gonna do like I don't she loves to talk about how oh Colin, what Colin Kaepernick is doing is disrespectful. Oh, he can't uh, he can't protest that way. He can't he cannot peacefully protest that way. Apparently, you got someone like Drew Brees, a white male who benefits from you know people watching his games and things like that. He talks about how oh it's disrespectful to the flag, it's disrespectful to the troops when the troops are literally the same people who said Colin Kaepernick. You should do this, and this is how you should protest what's going on. Veterans, veterans who fought in the war telling him that. And he want to talk about how, oh, my family, I got people in my family who's fought in these wars. You can't forget, black people fought in these damn wars too. Black people, the same motherfuckers who are out here doing things that uh, 
people didn't do. We can't forget about, you know, um, the Navajo uh, code translators who, you know, had to speak in code so that their whatever the army was trying to do doesn't get intercepted and uh, blocked. Like, America doesn't understand that many different types of people fought for them. And all they want to think about is literally that only white men and white women have fought in these wars when it's really black women and black men who fought in these same wars. They're like, I don't understand how they try and praise the American flag and, you know, the army so much when all they really incite is violence. America's built on violence. America's built on racism. Like, that's literally how it was formed. You can't really say certain things, how, oh, America's such a great country, you know, they've expanded so much in these years. No, it hasn't. It's, it's been the same. 400 years. Nothing has changed. Nothing. Think about it. You know, you still had Jim Crow wasn't even less than 100 years ago. Jim Crow laws was still enacted in, you know, 80, 90 years ago. Like, I don't think people understand how that shit wasn't that long ago. And the same things is still going on. Today, they love to just say, oh, you know, why don't why don't y'all peacefully protest? Peace hasn't gotten anywhere. You know, talk about Martin Luther King and how, you know, he was killed. If you listen to his last, like, speech, he was pissed off. He was mad. He was angry. Everything going on, he was he was mad. He was changing. But that's what people don't, like, that's what people don't want to understand. And, you know, I'll be furious, but it's hard. Well, I was just going to say, like, when I was talking about everything, I think the one, like, analogy that I was personally explaining to someone, and he's at West Point, and he... Like, he agrees with everything that's happening in terms of, like, he supports the Black Lives Matter movement and everything. And I told him, I was, and he's a white male, so I was explaining to him, I said, if you look at a white person's history, it takes centuries to find uh, oppression against skin color. Usually there is an oppression against skin color. But if you look at a black person's history or a person of color or whatever, it takes less than 50 years to find oppression. Usually it takes less than a day to look at that history because it's still there. And the fact that it takes maybe less than 24 hours or maybe even less than like a couple hours with everything that's happening, that's mm-hmm. the issue because we should not be making it that prevalent. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, if, if it's so prevalent in the way of that it, acts, that it takes less than 24 hours, I don't know if you guys know Bianca Roberson. Have you heard her story? He was shot and killed in racism, but they claimed it as road rage. And mm. her murderer got a third degree uh, murder. Or I think it was like third degree charge, obviously, which is known as manslaughter. And her mom was talking yesterday at a protest and she was saying, like, like why does it take, uh, why is so many of the terms for murder and racism whitewashed to simpler terms and how it affects the history today and how because civil rights pictures were taken in black and white to make us think it happened what less than like a hundred years ago or whatever when it happened like our grandparents still remember or some of our parents were still alive in a way um so i think that's like it's just interesting to see the history play out because a lot of i've heard a lot of folks say oh like that you need to let go of that history you need to let go of it and i was like you can't let go of something that graphic. And some of it is in history. Some of it happened, what? Listen, when did Floyd happen? A week ago? Two weeks ago at most? And then we had Breonna Taylor. And then we had uh, 
Amud Arbery. We had so many in the last two weeks. And you're saying you got to let go of that history. That's not letting go. That's like it's elevating the voices of those who aren't heard because obviously if no one saw the video, it would have just gone unnoticed. Here, I don't know if that makes sense, but... Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, I'm about to, like, low-key tear into uh, our school for a second. But I'm not going to say the name, obviously. But, like, yeah. low-key tear into it. Okay, so you remember we were reading The Great Gatsby, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. It just seemed like when we were reading it, we did touch on, like, you know, why Black people moved to New York and, you know, because of, of what's happening in the South and whatever. Like, we learned about that. But it looked like... When we were learning about it, it kind of, to me, it kind of felt like everyone was winning at that time. Like, I guess, because it, 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 to me, kind of looked like the 1920s, which is a great time for everyone. And then today, I was, I looked up online, and I researched Tulsa. Tulsa was a, um, it was a, it was a, it was a black town in Florida, and it was a really, well, it was an affluent community. It was, like, one of the first, like, good affluent communities in, um, black affluent communities in Florida. And 1929, the night, like, the 1920s, where everything was amazing, the Roaring Twenties, that, the KKK went to that town and burned the town down and lynched so many people. And I feel like that's just a part of history we don't understand. Because I feel like when we think about the 1920s, we just think, like, oh, amazing. It was awesome. It was beautiful. Like, everyone was winning at that time. And then when you look back to history... Like, black people weren't winning at that time. We were still getting lynched. We were still, like, we weren't allowed to be rich. We weren't allowed to be affluent. Like, mm-hmm. there's just been so many moments in history where we just, we weren't allowed to do this stuff. And so mm-hmm. it just trickles down to, like, gen- the generation thing where it's just, like, like ni- if, if that town survived, it would have been a completely different story. Like, mm-hmm. Tulsa could have could have uh, inspired other other black people to make, to make other black affluent towns and generational wealth and we would have been up there we, we would have been like equal but no we got burned down we got lynched and yeah um piggybacking off of that um from that same same class we had a prompt which was like if you were to be able to go back in time or go forward in time like what would you do um it was in the same unit the great gatsby and I remember sitting there, and at first, I, w- I didn't think about it too deep, because at first I was like, oh, you know, maybe I want to go back in time. But then I'm like, wait, if I were to go back in time, like, like that would just make it, like, worse for, my- like, worse for myself, I guess. Like, I'd be putting myself yep. in situations where, um, my- like, my people, people who look like me, were harshly discriminated against, as they still are today, but like more like a lot more openly back then and I remember I said to the teacher I like literally said out loud I'm like I wouldn't go back in time because I would like I wouldn't really be accepted you know I'd rather go forward in time um and it was like a kind of like a moment like that that I was thinking about it and it just like made me sad because like kind of what Iwoka was saying like that that was in the 1920s that wasn't that long ago that that happened and it was completely brushed over like no one really cared about it so why would I want to go back to that like why would I want to go back in time to that you know like I'd rather go forward in time when there's when there's hope of America getting better like not being so discriminate discriminatory not being like just yeah literally seriously 
and and I feel like with um the whole going back in time thing, you see white girls all in high school talking about, oh man, the nineties, the aesthetic, the eighties, the aesthetic. I'm like, ha, <laughs> racial injustice. And I'm like, huh? Like that's how you know some people are so like just ignorant in terms of certain things when they're like, yo, going back in time would be so cool just because of the colors and all that. I'm like, um, no, that's not okay. You're clearly not like, it's like, it's really actually like mind boggling how ignorant and uneducated people can be on these, on these like situations because they're so just like closed minded. They're like the same people are like, oh, don't loot. Are the same people who would definitely go loot if their favorite store was getting looted or something like that. Yeah. Like it's so it's so unbelievable and they love to say, Oh, don't destroy businesses, don't destroy this, but you can always rebuild a building. You can always rebuild another business. And you know what you can't rebuild? Another life. Mm-hmm. Like that's what that's mm-hmm. what I don't that's what I don't understand. Everybody's like, the buildings, the buildings, the buildings, the flag, the flag, the flag. What about the life? Like, some people literally, literally, literally prefer a flag over the life of another human being. It's so unbelievable. Mm -hmm. If if a flag was getting set on fire, I bet you somebody wants to eat the flag, but I bet you if a black man was being killed, they would not. It's it's, it's so, just so puzzling how people just love a piece of cloth, a piece of cloth that is literally, like, built and has to do with racial injustice in the United States because that's literally what it was built on. Black people built this damn country. Like, we, we built the country. I don't, like, you can't argue with it. We was here for 400 years building everything, yet they're like, oh, and the, the founding fathers and things like that. And I'm like, these presidents own slaves. George Washington, yeah. slaves. Abraham Lincoln, slaves. It's like they love to say these are our founding fathers. Your founding fathers own slaves. That doesn't make them any better than the person in office right now. Yeah. Um I um I saw a TikTok that was talking I'm sorry, I keep mentioning TikToks, but for like actually like TikTok has become like a pretty big platform for people using their voice, which I find really interesting. And so there was this one video of a girl um, talking about um, the riots and everything going on. And she said, you know, you're only focusing on the riots now. You're only focusing on the destruction now. But you're forgetting um, about all the other, like, the other riots that happened that white people started um, Mm -hmm. over sports teams. Like, and she was naming them out, like, through the TikTok. I put it on my Snapchat story just because I, I found it really interesting. But um, just like over sports games or sports teams winning, sports teams losing, like losing a sports coach for a college team, and like everyone was like, "Oh, haha," you know. I mean, I mean, obviously people were like, "Oh, that's not right," but at the same time, like people didn't really like care too much. And as soon as it's um, black people arguing for li- lives, like people get angry. Like, it's just kind of interesting how that works out, you know? I have a question. What's up? Like, uh, did y'all see how, um, like, 
like okay the, i think it was like literally the day after trump was like oh i'm gonna send out basically his message to the kkk where like it's time for your it's time for you guys to come out where he was like oh, i'm gonna like i'm it's okay for law enforcement and uh citizens to like start protecting themselves or whatever like the day after that in philly in south philly i think it was fish town or south like it was south fish town i know what you're talking about isn't in- yeah like the the white people a bunch of white people came out one with baseball bats and i was like okay and then like <laughs> the police came there and they were just on their bikes they were riding around they were chatting it up and they were like um they apparently there's some reports that they were taking pictures with the white people and i was like okay so they get to do that and we get shot with rubber bullets but not sometimes you know now with rubber bullets because they're protesting but like before it was actual actual bullets but like it's just it's hilarious to me because I'm just like y'all are literally showing why we don't trust you guys right now. Yeah. So. Especially because they came out with weapons and yeah. like we're coming out with our hands up, you know, like, hands up, not doing anything. And there's sh- talk about the COVID. yeah tear yeah. gas throwing rubber bullet shot, and then they come out with baseball bats, and they're like, oh, let me get a selfie with you. Like, okay. <laughs> Yeah. So one of my friends, I promised my attention here. My one of my friends and I were talking today with our BSU. We have a BSU. We're out by Westchester, PA, and that's like a predominantly white area. And you're very lucky if you see someone the shade, the same shade as you. And and it's very interesting to like break this all down in the community that we're in because Hawkins, if I'm oh wow, it's so boring. Hawkins, if I'm right, I know your school's pretty diverse. Mm-hmm. And so our school is, I think, 85% white. So with that comes a whole different conversation that we were talking about. And I think it's, like, interesting. It's just the perspectives. Because most of the kids in my school are Trump supporters, which I'm not, like, surprised about because of the economic status and the social status. And one thing I was, like, everyone had, I think Masai was talking about how the flag is worth more than a human life. And I think that's interesting because it's not, people aren't really understanding that it's okay to change your point of view or it's okay to be open to another point of view. Because once people began to see the Floyd situation and began to see what was happening as in terms of like police brutality and the racism, the systemic racism, which people are still fighting for some reason um, and still saying it's not a thing, which it is, but it's interesting to see the change of views and to see the flexibility that occurs. I know it has nothing to do with what we're saying, but I think it was just interesting, at least here in my hometown, to witness the humanity coming out of people or the inhumanity that comes out of people. Um, because just like Messiah said, like a, a, a cloth should not be worth than a, more than a human life. And I think that's something that I think I feel that people are trying to understand but aren't grasping. I don't know if that makes sense. I know it's like a really random tangent, but... That makes sense. Yeah, it was great. Um, so on the topic of like police officers and stuff, um, from when we were talking about protests and stuff, what are your, um, what are your opinions on ACAB? 
What's that? Oh, all oh. cops are bastards. <laughs> I have um, I have mixed feelings about it, but I'm interested to hear what you guys think about it. I'll start, maybe. Sure. Um, it's tough because I was talking uh, Hawkins. I'm just gonna call you Hawkins, but I was talking with Hawkins about it. I think yesterday, and it's really, it's really tough for me personally because the humanity in me wants to say all cops are bad but the atmosphere it's a very like split dis- not split but you know I'm like it's a very two-sided issue there's nothing really in between i think the system is really bad and i think people who make a choice to go into the system like just don't realize that like they get to turn take off their uniform at the end of the day but people don't get to take off the color of their skin at the end of the day And I think if you're willing to make the choice to enter a system that you know has expressed serious racism and serious uh, brutal history, then I feel like that says something about you. But I feel like a cab is like a very generalized term for that. I don't know if that makes sense because I don't want to like say all cops are bad or bastards but at the same time I'm like all cops are bastards if you want to enter a system like that and then choose to either ignore it or choose to do I think it was performative activism in terms of it um I think yeah those are my thoughts on it but yeah I sat in my room last night thinking about all of this and it came to a point where it's like obviously the system is messed up and it's all terrible and there are like terrible cops who do dumb stuff like that and take lives but I can't bring myself to think they're all bad you know like it's like taking a few of the it's taking a few of the bad people and generalizing the whole group as it like they do the same thing to black people they take the few people like black people who you know do bad stuff I'm not gonna say all black people are great some people commit crimes in all races but they take those few black people and they suddenly think all black people are bad and I feel like by saying all cops are bad it's like we're doing a similar thing Mm -hmm. to them but I will say the whole system is messed up but I know that there are cops that go in just as there are cops that go in and they ignore it all and they contribute to it, there are cops that go in to try and change it. And there are some good cops. So I can't bring myself to hate them all. That doesn't mean that if I get pulled over, I'm not still going to like tense up and I'm not going to get scared. But I do have to remind myself that I can't generalize a whole group, but I can say that the system itself is messed up. Agreed. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Like I can't, I can't, whenever I see it, I kind of, whenever I see it on online, like, I just kind of tend mm-hmm. up a little bit, because, like, I've always been taught, like, not to generalize, like, I've just always been taught, like, not to generalize a group, because I'm too busy trying to fight off, like, fight off other people's general gener- generalizations of me, like, mm-hmm. I have, I cannot go back and inflict that on someone else, and I just, mm-hmm. I, like, I, it, I, I understand, like, this, like, the systemic and the, the system of, 
law enforcement and like all that like the system of that it's horrible and that needs to get fixed like in that case then I like I say it in that case but like in general I can't because like I I can't I like I really don't want it I cannot generalize someone else while I'm trying to fight off the stereotypes or just the generalizations that have been placed on me so I just can't do that mm-hmm. yeah um I I saw a great post talking about um talking about ACAB um which kind of has got like got me a little confused like I definitely I don't think I I agree with what everyone said so I think I'm gonna start off with that I agree with what everybody said um in that I was taught not to generalize a whole group of people and I was confused when I first saw ACAB because I was like people have been generalizing and stereotyping black people and yet we're turning around and doing the same thing to cops. And mm. I saw a post saying um, how the ACAB wasn't uh, necessarily like stating all cops are bad or all cops are bastards, but more of saying like it more stands for the, the system, kind of what you guys have been saying, the system is fucked up and the system is what needs to be changed. But then I think, well, then why call it ACAB? You know, That's like, great. I think yeah, then, there, de- there yeah. definitely are, like, awful cops out there, like, the four that um, stood around as George Floyd was killed. Um, they all covered for each other because no one talks about how in the beginning they released a statement saying he was resisting arrest. Like, he was resisting. No, he wasn't. Like, security camera footage and footage taken on scene shows that like, he wasn't resisting. So why would you lie? Like, there are cops that definitely cover for each other and they definitely um, like look out for some, not, not all of them, but a lot of them or some of them definitely cover for each other and definitely look out for each other. Um, I was talking with my mom about this cause we have similar views, but also like a bit different views when it comes to ACAB. Um, but she was also saying how there was, I'm not, I forget his name and I forget the exact case what it was called, but he's, socked a woman in the face like punched her straight in the face like in front of cameras and everything and he got fired obviously after there was a whole everyone was like flipping out and stuff like that because you can't just punch someone like that's ridiculous and then after everything simmered down after he got fired he got rehired and then he got promoted so it was like what and that's that's where the system is fucked up too because they just look out for one another you can't like you should be able to call out your coworkers when they're doing some when they do something fucked up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if that made sense what I said, I'm not sure if that made sense. No, that definitely yeah. did. didn't Derek commit another murder, but no one knew. Like cuz when they were doing more, I think it was Derek. I might be wrong. I was watching Grey's Anatomy, so everyone's names are like but I think it was his name was Derek, right? Both both of them, like Derek and Thou, like the, the two like main people, like both of them committed uh hack- murders, right? Yeah, they were both at, like under investigation. Yeah, because I heard about that and saw that, and I was like, like I wasn't surprised, but I was just like, it's the fact that not only one but two, and he had allegations of using excessive force. It's like these red flags in the system, and something is just not. Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really um, bother to learn the police officers' names um, who killed George Floyd. Yeah. So I don't know the guy's name who 
um, killed him, like, kneed him to the ground. But I know that he had 18 assault charges against him and two disciplines. And they still kept him on. Like, he should have been fired. Like, it's just mind-boggling to me how he was still even working there. Um... I have a, like another another thing to add on to like to this to this conversation like a what do you guys think about the fact that I think it happened a while ago but it's just being brought up now so the Trayvon Martin case yes um Zimmerman he was not found guilty and then he's out oh he was out and then he sold the weapon that he shot mm-hmm. um Trayvon Martin with, and he made like I think more than a hundred thousand dollars on it. Yeah, like what do you like in that like that whole case and what's happening now and like he's just I think he's been he sued I think he sued uh, uh Trayvon he's Martin Tra- yep family and he won yeah. the case yeah he won the case and he also um had like gives out autographs and stuff to his fan club so that just tells you what type of people are out like that. Made me so. Someone bought his gun for a hundred thousand dollars. Like, you think that's funny? Like, that just like made me. I saw that, and I actually had to close my phone because I was. I could not believe that I just saw that. It's sickening. Yeah. Thank you guys for like letting me come into this space and talk with you because I feel like it's really important to have these conversations, and I just really wanted to thank you for the opportunity, Hawkins, mm-hmm. and for all of you guys. And, because I know you have no idea who I am, but uh, still, I just wanted to take that moment and say thank you. I wanted to thank you guys all for like coming on here and talking about this with me. Um, like I really, I've been having a lot of conversations, I guess, over the past two weeks, but I haven't really been able to like, like sit sit down with a group of people and kind of talk about it. You know, um, it's it's nice to be able to sit and talk. So I also want to thank you guys for coming on here with me and talking about this. Yeah, I know I definitely needed, like, a space to talk, because I felt like if I were to talk, like, I needed a space to talk where I wasn't being, like, I felt like whenever I talked in school, like, like, on Zoom or whatever, like, I felt like white people were, like, taking note mm-hmm. of it in a way, like, like I just, mm-hmm. need, I just need a spot where I can, like, talk, and, like, it doesn't feel like they're trying to take note about how I'm feeling or just something like that, I, I just need Yeah. And I feel like this is a really great idea. I mean, like, we're the next generation. We're going to be the ones to change how things are one day. And for that to happen, we need to talk about these sort of things. So that's all we have time for for this week. Thank you all for listening. And remember to tune in next Sunday at 2 p.m where we continue the conversation by talking about the mysterious group Anonymous, colorism, and how different stereotypes about different communities affected us growing up.